Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription, trust me. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Speakeasy Bourbon Club, brought to you by the Bourbon and Birdie Show. We are super excited today to have Dread River Distillery out of Birmingham, Alabama on with us. We'll give uh, Jeff and Brian a minute to introduce themselves in a second. They've got so much to tell you about what's going on in Birmingham, what's happening with COVID. Uh, I'm telling you, know, I'm excited to be sipping on their whiskey tonight. I did see they've got a gin out and I know it's called Birdies and Bourbon, but I, I love a good gin, especially a Negroni. And I can't wait to get my hands on that. Oh, yeah. So we'll do a little review of the whiskey. Uh, Jeff, uh, I'll turn it over to you in just a second, but I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, say thank you to your old college. Uh, I don't know what you want to call him, but, uh, but Med hey. school roomie. Med school roomie. So, uh, Dr. D, Darren, thank you so much for hooking us up, man. We really appreciate it. Dan? Oh, yeah, man. We are so glad to have you guys on the pod. And your, your background there looks amazing. I can't wait till this COVID stuff is over so we can get out there and meet you guys in person and check out the distillery. It's, it looks like it's an incredible place. And just looking forward to having this chat today. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the story. I want to hear all about it. And just uh, can't wait to dig in. Absolutely. Yep. So, Je Jeff and Brian, I've, I've got a shitload of questions that I want to get into, <laughs> but you, you're probably going to answer a lot of them and uh, the listeners won't have to hear me talk. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. Why don't you introduce yourself and the CEO and uh, let's peel this thing back and uh, have a drink. Right on. So uh, first let me say thanks for having us. And Darren, when you watch this, hope you're doing well, man, cool. as always. Uh, my name is Jeff Dugas. I'm an orthopedic surgeon in Birmingham, Alabama. I work at the Andrews Sports Medicine Orthopedic Center, which if you follow sports, our, our clinic is involved in a lot of sports. We take care of a lot of the teams at every level, and I'm a sports medicine doc. So uh, this is uh, my C our CEO, Brian Rogers, and we'll get into Brian's background in a minute. Um, my background is I, uh, I did chemical engineering as an undergrad at NC State, and I um, the plan was always to go to medical school, go pack. <laughs> and uh, the plan was always to go to medical school. So uh, I went to medical school after that. But doing chemical engineering, you learn about a lot of things that I no longer need to know. I can't remember anything about thermodynamics. But I do. I did learn a lot on distilling and, and in fermentation and things like that. And, and so I, I started brewing my own beer when I was in college. It just became a hobby through med school with a couple of my med school roommates. I think Darren was involved in that. We had some failed batches that, that <laughs> good now I can probably tell you that and um, and then you know over the course of 30 years of brewing beer you end up in a lot of distilleries and breweries and, and getting to really meet some cool and interesting people I grew up in Charlotte and uh, we always went to the South Carolina beaches mm -hmm. so we, we always loved Hilton Head Hilton Head was always our favorite place and, and we ended up buying a piece of land and building a house on a little island called the Fusky hmm. So the Fusky, you go to Hilton Head and you take a ferry over to this island. It's about a one-mile ride. The Fusky is about a 10-square-mile island. There's about 500 permanent residents. And, and so about seven or eight years ago, a guy moves in down the street from me who's uh, from our house who has a, uh, a background in Kentucky and distilling, and he decided to build a, piece of, build a building on a piece of land he bought and dug a well down to the Florida aquifer and started making rum, the, the Fusky Island Rum Company. Oh, yeah, you know, sure. I've had that. 
really good rum. His name is Tony Chase. And Tony's not only a great guy, but, but he runs a fantastic distillery. It's a great tourist spot. He's a friendly guy, and I, I love going down there. And so after drinking way too much of his rum on several occasions, I hatched this <laughs> idea um, of, of having a distillery. And he said to me one time that um, Birmingham was the largest city in North America without a commercial distillery. Wow. And so I, I took that as a challenge, and I came back and, and looked into it and called some people, wound up getting in touch with somebody in the mayor's office in development. And um, next thing you know, we're down the path. So that was about five years ago, five or six years ago. And, and we kept going down the path and finding out more and finding out more, and the city got behind us. Birmingham is a tremendous city. It's a lot like Charlotte, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. There's a, about a million, million and a quarter people in, in Birmingham, in the Birmingham area. Beautiful downtown, really hilly kind of suburbs. Um, beautiful city with a great climate. Um, fantastic water supply. Mm. There's a lot of caverns under Birmingham, a lot of stuff under Birmingham, which plays into the name Dread River, and we'll get into that later. But oh, yeah. um, the water in Birmingham is really good for making booze. And so we kicked this thing off, uh, started a project that started a lot smaller than it finished, which is, I'm sure, not atypical for new distilleries. We bit off a pretty big chunk in a pretty big city. We got permits to make booze in downtown Birmingham. We were in a downtown entertainment district. We refurbished an old building and um, polished a turd, as I'm like, I like to say. (laughs) Perfumed a pig. (laughs) We perfumed the pig. Uh, we bought the best piece of equipment money could buy, and we hired a wizard uh, to run it, and um, and then we hired a wizard to run the company. And so, you, um, you know, we started, we opened August 3rd of last year. We really opened Memorial Day for tours and tastings, but the front of the house opened on August 3rd. So that, that's how we got here, and, and I'll, I'll let Brian introduce himself and tell you about his background as well. So um, here's Brian. Hey, Brian. Thank y'all definitely for having us, and we appreciate it. Um, my background is definitely diverse and different. Started in law enforcement and military, and also the military spent about 11 and a half, almost 12 years in the boat. Most in the National Guard, but a little over four years active duty time with Army. Um, like, fortunately enough, an orthopedic surgeon, not yet, but an orthopedic surgeon advised me it was time to retire at age 29. There you go. So, so for me, it was, and what am I going to do? What's next? So I decided, narrowed it down between law school and culinary school. <laughs> and looked at living in a library for three years or playing in the kitchen, and I chose playing in the kitchen. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> Went and spent two years in culinary school and started a culinary career that spanned a little over 15 years, almost 16 years. Uh, became one of the number one, lucky and fortunate enough to become one of the exclusive clubs in the Southeast U.S., where I was executive chef, food and beverage director for 11 years. At that club, I became the number one buyer in the Southeast for seven brand families of scotch and one of the top buyers of all high-end spirits and wine. Cool. During that time, um, sorry about that. During that time, yeah, no worries. I started advising several distilleries on operations and different barrel programs. I uh, started advising the Alabama ABC board on what whiskeys to bring in, what product to stock on the shelf, and you know what's relevant, what my buyers wanted um, into the state. That kind of became a mutual partnership. 
they started tossing around the idea of me coming to work for the state. At the time, I said no. Um, then me and my wife later on decided we wanted to have a child. We couldn't, so we decided we were going to adopt. Oh, cool. Knowing we were going to do that, for me, I had to be at home at night. Yeah. So I finally bit the bullet, took a job at the state, and spent almost four years as their operation director at the Alabama ABC board, which meant wow. I was over all liquor in the state of Alabama. Yeah. So it gave me four years of watching that, you know, the network and really me networking with every distillery in the southeast. Yeah. Uh, me picking out over, personally picking out over almost 2,000 barrels of distilled spirits. Um, did, did you send your number over yet? Yeah, do not give do not give Cal. Do not give Cal. Do not do not give your cell phone number to Cal. Please don't. You'll never hear the end of them. Hey, it's it's okay. Dan's the creepy guy on the show, no, not me. Not when it comes to barrels and whiskey, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I couldn't resist. No, you're fine. But you know, it allowed me to have fun in the industry, but at the same yeah. time meet the right people, find the right people, ask the right questions. Learn the true ins and outs of the network and distribution and the distribution channels all the way across the United States. It was more isolated, what we call control states, which are state-run alcohol agencies within a state. Um, And that network's very tight. Usually when you branch into it or you're part of it, it's easy to move through state to state to state in your networking channel. The open or the easy ones to get into, you just have to find that specific broker who can move your product or the distributor to move your product. Yeah, because yeah, Alabama, well, excuse me, uh, so I, I'd be remiss if I didn't, sir. Thank you very much for your service. Yeah, Cheers. Absolutely. Thank you. Cheers. 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 I'm a huge fan. I agree. And uh, thanks. Uh, I already got the text. Uh, well, my phone was buzzing. I'm assuming that was you sending me your text, <laughs> your, your number. So uh, thanks for that. I think it was a block, I think it was a block def- notification. <laughs> definitely have to connect. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, we, we, we Again, we really appreciate you coming on. So I, I can't – I want to get into this whiskey a little bit, if you don't mind, as sure. we start off. So I, I did see uh, you got the gin. I'm like, going, shit, I want that gin. I'm, I'm waiting for a Negroni. Uh, <laughs> Itching for a Negroni. <laughs> so we have, uh, we have five spirits, actually, currently. We have, we have a several more aging. So um, this is our gin. Um, we'll go through each of the five if you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start with the whiskey. We also have our uh, vodka. Um, so we have the Dread River Vodka. It's a oh, yeah. Rick, vodka. Ricky Fowler would love that vodka. <laughs> Ricky Fowler. We, we also have a Blue Agave. You know, we can't call it tequila, but it's a Understood. Blue Agave. And we have our rum. So we have a Dread River rum, and, and we'll go through all of them. So um, the whiskey is obviously the flagship. Yeah. And um, so the whiskey is a five-year-aged blended weeded whiskey. Oh, nice. So it was made as individual barrels of corn and wheat aged five years separately and then blended and proofed and bottled in Birmingham using Birmingham water. We sourced it from ourselves. So the whiskey was all made on our still by our head master distiller, Charlie Ball. Charlie is uh, the master distiller at Troy and Sons up in Asheville, North Carolina and Asheville Distilling Company. So Charlie and Asheville Distilling Company, his wife, Troy, are our partners. 
And so we bought it. We made it in Asheville. They made it up there on our equipment. And then we moved the equipment to Birmingham and bought the barrels from ourselves mm-hmm. and brought it to Birmingham and blended it and bottled it and proofed nice. it and bottled it. It is um, super smooth. Um, when I told Charlie what I wanted, he asked me, you know, what I wanted our whiskey to be like. And I said, well, I'm a fan of Weller Special Reserve. That's my mm. favorite. And um, <laughs> I said, I want you to get as close to that as you can get. I'm, I was going to have that here with me, but I'm not at home. I'm at the distillery, so I don't have the Weller here with me. I, I, I could pour one for you and do a little comparison. <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't be mad at you if you did. I, I love that stuff. That, so, that, uh, hey, the, the next time we have you on, we should do that. We do I love. I would love to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wanted a weeded whiskey, um, and so this is, this is what we did. This was supposed to carry us until all of our stuff came out of barrels. So we've been making our own bourbon right here in Birmingham. But we like this so much that we're continuing to make the corn and the wheat to blend it because this product is so good that and it's gotten such a good response that we want to continue to make it even after we run out of the sourced product. We're going to so we've continued to make and put away barrels of just the corn and the wheat to do to do this product. Our bourbon that we're putting away is the same uh, corn and wheat, but we added 10% malted barley and we changed the corn and wheat percentages. A little bit so it is going to be a little different we used a couple of different barrels than we used for uh for this product so it's going to have a different flavor profile but it's also going to be very smooth we did a lot of the warm notes of caramel and vanilla and, and things like that that's what we wanted do, do uh, we have we have uh is there a birdies and bourbon uh bottle yet that you've uh, <laughs> like uh we, we've got something coming your way when it's ready absolutely 100 percent. we've actually got two things uh coming your way in addition to the bourbon so our first bourbon barrels just turned a year old. They're about 13 months old. So we'll be pulling those out at two years, starting to pull them out. We're going to let some go a longer time, but we'll start pulling them out at two years. You know, down here in Alabama, we have the benefit of lots of 100-degree days, and we mm-hmm. have a really hot room back there in a mm-hmm. warehouse. that it's it's uh, If you're familiar with Kavalon, that sits at 107 oh, yeah. degrees yeah. on the coast of Thailand. I'm not sure that we don't have hotter temperatures here in Birmingham. So we're, uh, we, we're two years will be plenty on this stuff. Well, I, I've, I've got some Tennessee shine sitting back here that had never seen a damn piece of wood, and yeah. it was hot as hell, and it still <laughs> and, and it still is. But hey, oh, yeah. but there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. No <laughs> doubt. So um, we also have a, a rum, or I'm sorry, a bourbon that we uh, sourced from uh, Ultra Pure that we then put into a rum barrel. So we've got about five barrels of that. That'll be ready probably in about a month. We've been aging that in the rum barrel for about uh, eight months. I'd and love to get out of that. We've got a rye that we're in, we've got in sherry barrels. Sherry barrels are really hard to come by, good sherry barrels. And, and, and Brian was able to source some really good sherry barrels. Um, so that'll be out probably around October, November after we've been in, in barrel about eight or nine months. So we'll have both of those, and we'll have about 1,500 bottles of both of those. Um, and, and the combination of this product that we've got here plus the other two will get us to when our stuff comes out of barrels. So you guys are in for that. So I'll tell you about the rest of these. The rum, so this is a uh, molasses and brown sugar-based rum. Um, we submitted all of these to competitions, the yeah. first four anyway. The, the, the agave just came out. But this one was our gold medal product. So we won a gold medal in the 50 best in New York, the 50 best rum competition. This won a gold medal in that and a silver medal at the ADI Spirits competition. Um, The whiskey won a silver medal at the ADI Spirits competition. The gin, 
This is the least gin gin you're ever going to have. So by law, as you know, gin has to be 51% juniper. I would bet you that there is not a single berry over 51% in this, <laughs> in this gin. So it is what they call, I guess, a West Coast style gin or a contemporary mm. gin as opposed to a London dry gin. Nice. Um, this thing has 13 botanicals in it. It's very citrusy and floral. And um, it, it is, I'm not a gin fan all the time because of the dry pine cone bomb type of thing you get with some of these. Yeah. But this is completely different, and everybody that says they don't like gin loves our gin. Well, um, we uh, we end uh, a lot of our shows with our kind of a five questions, right, Cal? And one of them is, are you a G&D well, let's, guy? Let's, go ahead. Yeah, go, 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 go ahead. ahead. Go no. ahead and ask the question. Let's get into it now. Oh, oh, yeah. So the question we ask everybody is, are you a G&T guy or a V&T guy? And uh, if they answer wrong, well, we, we, we have to well, shame you, a little you bit. Don't, hey, you don't get to come back. <laughs> so, I'll just say that I'm... My answer to that is I'm not a T guy at all. I'm just a G or a V guy. Okay. So my, my my drink of choice when I'm not drinking whiskey is to drink this vodka oh, okay. just straight up. That, that, so that I works. like the vodka just straight up. Um, and it's a wheat vodka. So it's red winter wheat, 100%. It, it has a little bit of a almost vanilla taste to it that comes from the wheat. Mm, um, nice. It's definitely not a mixing vodka. You can mix it with like fruit juices and yes. and things like that, but it's not great with like it's not great with uh, soda water, right? Like you're saying, it's too like, viscous like and it's kind of thick and got too much. Uh, too, it's a little too uh, like heavy. No, it's not even that. It's just the, the taste, that flavor that comes from the wheat does not go well with with soda water. Oh yeah, I got and you. So, but I drink this straight up. One of my favorite drinks is just to have this on ice, maybe oh, with a little lime squeezed in it. So our, our vodka is is really good, and we priced it the same as Tito's, so we made it pretty cheap. Nice, nice. Um, so those are our, and then there's our agave. So we made a blue agave. So this was a project, let me tell you. So the first time we did this, the agave overwhelmed the yeast, hmm. and and we had to we had to lose it. We had to we had to get rid of it. It turned out that was right as COVID was starting, and so our first batch of sanitizer smells <laughs> remarkably like tequila. I mean, it's remarkable how close it is. It, it is astounding how much like tequila it smells, and it's hard to not want to rub it on your face when you're when you're sanitizing, but um, it's 100% blue agave, and uh, the second round, we figured out how to not overwhelm uh, the yeast. And it's, so uh, that, that is not a smoky hand sanitizer, right? That's going to be a, kind of a pure crisp. Uh, kind of, pure okay. crisp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really yeah. good. But, because when it comes to sanitizer, I'm more of a mezcal kind of guy than right I am on. tequila. So, you know, yeah. This, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah right so. on. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, cheers. Uh, well, I got plenty of stuff. So, um, so I mean, you, you gave me a little bit about um, you. You kind of stuck your toe in the water on Birmingham or, or Alabama in general, but as a North Carolina. And by the way, Dan, I think we've said that he's uh, Dan's in Raleigh and uh, born and raised. Absolutely, yeah, I know. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> pack, right? So I'm a Tennessee guy. So whatever, you guys don't count. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> But, but so, I mean, Alabama, you hadn't lived in Alabama prior to, right? Or you, you no, were I in Alabama? I went to a uh, fellowship with Dr. Andrews in 1999, and uh, my pregnant wife, a dog, and a U-Haul, and uh, with every <laughs> anticipation of going back. In fact, I promised my wife with everything I held sacred that we were leaving this hee-haw hell in, in 365 days. I'd been here for one night when I interviewed, and my wife had never been here. We drove straight from New York City to Birmingham. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, and, and we're here 21 years later and we absolutely love it. It's a, it's a tremendous place to live. My kids were both born here and um, I, I love Birmingham. I think it's an amazing city. It's very much a diamond um, that, that people are not aware of. It's probably Di- the foodiest city in North America that people don't know about. That's awesome. It is yeah. a seriously foodie city. Yeah, we're always looking for, uh, we, we call our golf courses uh, diamonds in the rough, you know, the things that people yeah. really, that you would look over, you would drive past, or you wouldn't find. And, and I absolutely think Birmingham is that. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of time in my, uh, in my day job. I've, been, I've spent a lot of time in Alabama, and I yeah. played all the RTJ trail over there and such. So, yeah, yeah. And, and but the, uh, you know, if you think about Birmingham in the past, uh, I'm going to go recent, but like 15 years, just the advances that are happening. I mean, oh, yeah. it is blowing because yeah, it's affordable. I shouldn't be saying this because now it's not going to be affordable. <laughs> uh, and, and Brian, are you uh, are you uh, Alabama? You may have said it earlier and I've had another drink, so I may have forgotten. But lifelong Birmingham or? Uh, I spent most of the time in South Alabama. Okay. A little oh. oh, L.A. Yeah. Lower Alabama, Alabama, baby. LA. Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm a Gulf Shores guy. All right, so, so I'm a doc for Troy. So I, you know, I take, I've taken care of Troy for 21 years, and it's unfortunate that we won't get to take it to the Vols this year if they go conference only. There you go. So hopefully the SEC will stand up and not do that because we're ready to come to Knoxville and whoop some ass. <laughs> well, I mean, I have, I have to, hey, hey, hey uh, Doctor D, I hope you just heard that. So that's your buddy uh, giving you a little <laughs> shout out there. There you go. Uh, well. Yeah, we, we're not going to see any. I don't think we'll see people at sports. Uh, however, people did show up at Bristol last night. So, they which is right. right. I mean, Stop I think that. I don't know. It's a little over the edge. All right. Hold on. Back to Red River. I, I don't I don't want to get down these rabbit holes because I'm going to pour another one and we could get way fishtailed off of something crazy. So, so uh, there's two things and you may answer them in one or uh, you may answer it in two questions with two parts. So uh, Red River, I want to get into. And then your uh, your logo. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like a trident with uh, some other maybe molecule right. or chemistry things. And you've right. gave me, given us a little bit about why, but uh, I, I want to hear some of that. Yeah. So the Dread River name, we were looking for a name as we were going through this. You know, one of the first things you do with a PR and marketing firm is they want to know, you know, what, you're, what you stand for, what you want the, the vibe to be, what your company ethos are going to be. And, and we went through these exercises that were really robust and, and kind of rewarding to go through. And then we get into this naming exercise and they came back to us with a host of names, probably 30 names, and we didn't like them. So we sent them back and said, no, we're, none of those really fit what we're looking for. And they kind of agreed and they went back. And so in the second round of names, Dread River was one of them. And, and we, did, we asked them you know, where it came from. So the guy at the, at the marketing place said, that he had done some digging about the water in Birmingham. Back in the early 1800s, this guy named Joseph Mulhatton, who was from Atlanta, um, who was a little bit of a snake oil salesman, but kind of traveled <laughs> Birmingham to Atlanta roads in these, in these shows and things, was, was writing articles and convincing people that there was a water source under Birmingham, this big river under Birmingham, that it was 300 feet wide, and cruise ships could get in there and sail all the way to the coast wow. at Mobile. Wow. <laughs> and he had pictures and he had been down there and he had there were river monsters and all these kind of things. And he wrote multiple articles in multiple newspapers, including the Atlanta papers, about this river under Birmingham. Well, fast forward, and, and nobody could ever substantiate these rumors. But fast forward to the early 1900s, I think it was somewhere around 1920 to 1930. 
a lady wrote an editorial to the local paper in Birmingham. Two young boys, two teenage boys, had gone missing. And, and this had been the subject of some articles in the paper. And in her editorial, she said, I guess it's possible they may have fallen in and drowned in the Dread River. Really? And that was the only time the term was ever used. Hmm. Well, subsequent to that, in the 1970s, the mayor cemented in the entrances to this underground water source. So Birmingham is a big steel and coal, you know, history. Yeah, yeah, sure. So there's obviously caverns down there in water. Birmingham has more sinkholes than any place on Earth. So when all the downtown buildings were being built, people tell stories in the 1970s and 80s as these skyscrapers were being built that they would the workers would leave one day and the next day they'd come back and the whole base would be filled with clear water. And, and so there's clearly water down there. But whether there's a river down there or not, nobody can say. So in a way, the story was kind of morbid that we don't know what happened to these two boys. But at the same time, it's a shout out to the water source, which is really our, our water in Birmingham, we, there's a lot of things that we do well here and some things that every city that we don't do well. But the water, the quality of the water here is amazing. It's always in the top, you know, upper upper percentages of, of water quality in America. And um, and we wanted to shout out to that source because the water is so important to what we do. So that's where the dread and, and the name kind of flows off the tongue. That's where the name came from. No, I love it, man. Yeah, I mean, Dread River's easy, man. It just kind of rolls <laughs> to your point. It rolls, it flows. I mean, it's a good one. Just rolls. So the Trident, you know, the the Trident, uh, Trident. So um, it is the alchemical symbol for water of life. So it is not a trademarkable thing. It's not patentable. It is the alchemical <laughs> symbol for water of life, which in Gaelic means whiskey. So we chose that as kind of a way of saying our, our philosophy around here is we want people to enjoy their Dread River. So we, we even thought that maybe Dread River is a, is a metaphor for life in general. We're all on this river headed towards the same place. Our lives will all come to an end and we're all on this Dread River together. We're going to try to make your Dread River a little better and we're going to blow a little positivity into your world and, and, and try to have some fun doing it. So that's where the water of life comes from. So we're uh, we're all about having a little fun and enjoying company and having conversation. Very cool. Yeah, raise a glass. So I see you've got uh, agua. Is it vite vite? Agua vite. Agua vite. Water of life. And so and so uh, you know I'm uh, as we've discussed earlier. Uh, so Darren may not have made the best decision. He married into uh, whatever he married into, and we're, ori- <laughs> we're originally from East Tennessee. Maybe Belungeon, maybe not. We we don't need to get into that. But um, I, I had to Google it right and and looked it up, and it, there's some Greek meaning behind it. But it it actually was uh, it was like alcoholic water is what I got from the Greek kind of thing. But I understand That's from right. where, where you're coming. But, you know, because back in the day, I mean, you had to add something to the water to make the water clean and pure so you could drink it. So, yeah, that makes perfect no sense, man. Awesome. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So that's, been a, that's been a good thing. You know, people have really responded to that. People like the idea that it's a Birmingham thing. Um, you know, we're the largest distillery in Alabama right now. And um, Clyde Mays will be building, they'll be opening a new distillery down in Troy. Uh, but they have uh, they have a long runway. They've been great to us. We've been very in close contact with them over the last couple of years. Very collegial, as you know. This industry is so collegial, and the people in this industry have been so helpful to us. 
we, before we opened, we went out to probably 50 distilleries around the country and all in just about every part of the country. And, and one of the pieces of advice that everybody gave us was you better have a front of the house. Yeah. You better have a retail outlet because if you don't, yeah. you're going to sit in barrels for a long time and you're going to run out of money and you know, you got to have a way to support it. So about 75% of the distilleries we went to told us that, and that was the most consistent piece of advice we got. Right. So that's where we got the idea for doing this with the front of the house. We have a 9,000 square foot, you know, event space that we're sitting in part of right now as our tasting room. So, um, it's been a it's been an interesting journey. Well, it's, I, it's been very interesting. Yeah, well, I haven't seen I've I've seen pictures. Obviously, it's kind of difficult to travel around. I mean, you right. can, but it's uncomfortable. So you know, whatever we, we saw each other you know, a week or two ago, but uh, it, it looks like it's an awesome facility uh, right. and, and an event space. And we can't wait to do a live recording there with you guys. We would love uh, to host you. Yeah. We would love to host you. That would be great. Around, put you up. Um, like I said, the people in this industry are super collegial. We'll make it red carpet for you. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, that's you know, we, we were talking, uh, we were on last night with a guy, he's called the Salty Golfer, and I know you're a golfer, so we, okay. you know, we had him on, did, did a, you know, we had a great, uh, great, well, not last night, two nights ago. Last night we were on with a different guy, but uh, the Bourbon and Rye Club and the Urban Bourbonist, and, and those guys will probably want to engage, and, uh, you know, they definitely, they've got a big presence, so, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's I don't want to say that it's, you um, uh, I mean, it's it's just a good opportunity to spread every. It, there's plenty of business out there, and there everybody's is. looking to try something new and something different. It's not incestuous in the sense that somebody's taking something from you. It's about sharing and like right. h- how can somebody else spread the word about somebody else to because really we're not we're not taking any family members away. We're growing a family, and and it's yeah. an awesome opportunity to do that. And that's the way the craft industry should be. You know, we, we have a we have a tremendous relationship with the breweries around here. Even though we have to make our own beer in Alabama, if we're going to have events, we have to produce the beer on site. The breweries have been generous to us and helpful to us, even though we're kind of competition for them. They've, they've been amazing to us, and they're our neighbors, and, and they've become friends. In fact, our architect, her husband is the principal at one brewery in town, and our attorney, her husband, is the principal at another one. So... <laughs> You know, it's been it's been a fantastically collegial uh, relationship between the breweries and the distilleries, and uh, we we plan on being that too. So when people have reached out to us that are thinking about doing this or they want to help with something, yeah. um, you know, we're all about it. Yeah, so we we, we do want to get to the facility. That's, that sounds like a great place there, and um, you know, so what else? What kind of activities are you guys doing at the facility? You said mentioned there's an event space. Um, you got the tasting room, and is that open like every day of the week? How's that work? Well, right, you know, when we originally opened, we wanted to be available to continuous mm-hmm. travelers as they walk by. Yeah. So we were open six days a week. Yeah. And what we found was. It wasn't conducive for us and wasn't beneficial for everybody mm-hmm. because we were still trying to find our legs in the community, still trying to find our legs in Alabama and grow a brand, mm-hmm. you know, from the, from the dirt up. So what we did was we scaled it back right before COVID hit to do it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Okay. You know, and doing tours Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So when we were open, we had tours available. Yep. So 
everybody could come and experience Dread River, a tour, experience a tasting flight. They could come have dinner or have a snack or have hors d'oeuvres. They could try our product at the bar. You know, as I always say, it's liquid to lips. Anytime you get liquid <laughs> you know, by showing them the quality of your product so they can experience and taste it. So we kind of kept that going into COVID. And then when COVID hit, of course, you know, on the 16th of March, mm-hmm. we are closed down completely. We opened back up June 1. Okay. Lunch Friday, Saturday. Okay. Did that for about a month, a little over a month, and decided, you know, we started having a lot of interest in Thursday nights. So now we're back open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh, very cool. And we even do, we'll do some events on other nights. Like I was here for an event last night on Wednesday. So we'll open for an event if somebody wants to have an event. But in terms of just general walk in business, uh, you know, we're only Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We decided we're going to let people in the community, the people of Birmingham, and the people in the surrounding cities tell us when we should be open. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of us trying to predict through a magic ball, okay, this is the perfect night. You know, as we get events, if we start having four or five events, you know, a month, and they're all on Wednesdays, then we'll increase Wednesday, and we'll open up through Wednesday night as well. yeah, resilient country, resilient people. I mean, we'll make it. Uh, we'll make it through. It's definitely challenging times. I know you you were sharing that uh, lots of sanitizer being produced. So uh, you know, hey. <laughs> oh, so, oh, sorry. <laughs> I may have raised the wrong one, but uh, yeah. But I mean, it's just the way it goes. So I know we uh, we've had you guys on for a minute. Uh, we we don't want to keep you uh, on too long. So, but uh, I want I want to get into the glass, man. What you, I'm having the whiskey. What are you guys having? Whiskey for sure. Whiskey. Where'd that bottle go? So let's. <laughs> I don't. Does it if it if it doesn't look like mine, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> Not pissed off in a bad way. Just it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. Oh, yeah. uh, so, so first off, uh, when uh, That's a tall pour you're giving me there, Brian. When when we get <laughs> ready, when we get ready to uh, drop uh, the birdie and bourbons. Whiskey, bourbon. It's got to be bourbon, I guess. I mean, we may do some variation. So I need to know where we get the bottles from, and then I need to uh, get in line for the juice <laughs> if nobody's asked for it yet. We'll we'll take uh, we'll take a barrel. No problem. Um, and secondly, uh, so what's uh, give me? I mean, do you want to go to the tasting notes? Or you want me to? No, I want to hear what you think. I, I I have my you know thoughts. I've been drinking this stuff for a number of years now. Well, you're so. well, you're biased, okay? I am you, a little it, biased, so. Ryan. You're probably also biased, so <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, it's my third glass now, so it's definitely getting better. And it wasn't <laughs> oh, and it wasn't God. bad to start with. It wasn't bad to start with. Uh, by the way, I love your glass. Uh, do you have Dread River glasses? Like, uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had to order, I could only find this Canadian leaf one and get it. So, yeah. uh, so I'm gonna need to replace my glasses. Number we one, we got a bunch of them. We got the traditional Glencairn glass. Oh, yeah, we got the stem ones. We got, I, we got kind of, modern ones. We got all kinds. Yeah, I love this one though. That's flat based and the big, okay. So, here's what I this think one's, this one's my favorite. This is kind of a Glencairn glass. It's, called it's, it's, it's called kind of a, it's kind of a Glencairn flute. Kind of Glencairn light, you know. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah, the neat. Yeah. So here's what I think. 
Um, I get a little bit of heat on the nose, but understood. I mean, it, it's a whiskey, and that's uh, that's rightfully so. And and I don't uh, I don't get anything bad out of it. I mean, it's uh, it's I get a lot of vanilla. Uh, Dan, Mickey, and Chris are gonna love this shit. I mean, this is I get butterscotch immediately, so they're gonna be a shoe for that. Love I get, butterscotch. I get heavy. And I wouldn't even know. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to recant. But it's when I say butterscotch, I'm getting like almost that. Um, if you well, if you've lived in Alabama this long, you know the Mrs. Butterworth or Mr. Butterworth. Hey, I'm yeah. getting that kind of smell. You know what, Cal? Um, yeah. We got uh, we got Mickey and those guys coming on in a couple of weeks again. Um, why don't you send them some samples of this? We can make sure we put it in the lineup for everybody to taste I that will. night. Yeah, I will for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you that our our distiller. And, and he has a way more sophisticated palate than I do, but he will tell you that you get the vanilla, and, and it has something to do with where these different flavors hit your hit your uh, various parts of your of your palate. But the front end, you get the vanilla. I guess the butterscotch happens at the back of your tongue. Mm. That's where you tend to taste the butterscotch thing is more Give towards the yeah. back and the sides. And and he says he thinks there's more of a caramel in the middle. And I like all of those. So when when we talk about that, I, I love those three in particular. Those are my three when I'm drinking whiskey. Those are the three that I look for. The butterscotch is definitely the more subtle, and, and I love that you picked up on that because that's my favorite component of the flavor profile of this. Um, and I look for that in a, in a whiskey as it gets back there towards the back of my tongue. Nice. So what do you think, Brian? You're right. I mean, it's. And then you have the subtle warmth of the whiskey, so you know what you're drinking. It's not a, it's not a slap in the face or a pucker power or mm. a bite. It's just a light warmth yep. that gets close to the back of your throat. No, but you can taste it. I mean, that, and, I mean, you taste it from the nose uh, to when it hits your lips, and then I mean, you've, I've got I've got a different. I, uh, difference not a that's a bad way to put it i get i get different complexities all the way through to i swallow and, and then the swallow yeah like, like there's no burn on the way down no so so kind of like a good friend of mine would tell you and uh, a lot of people know who he is his name is jimmy russell <laughs> he said everybody's mouth will taste something different oh for sure it's whether it's whether you enjoy it or not there you go yeah 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 so, no, we can, I, we can both say it, you can say it, anybody who's drinking it can say what they think they taste, and they're tasting that. Yeah. But it may be slightly different from somebody else's. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, at times, I think I can pull a slight chocolate or a cocoa mm-hmm. flavor out of it. Yeah. But nice. then again, I also think that plays into whatever you're eating. Right. Or whatever you've had before you're drinking it. Right. Yeah, it was an interesting conversation we had last night with the guys that were on. Uh, but and it was, you know, and they do a thing called Sunday Night Fights. Uh, and, yeah. so the, and they pair two bourbons against each other, blah, 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 right, whatever. No, excuse me. No no offense to those guys. Just getting to the point, even though I labored it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, so the one guy is watching the other, and it's like, oh, he picked up on something I didn't. And it's interesting that you just said you pick up some chocolate or cocoa notes, and I'm like, as I'm kind of chewing on this a little bit, I'm like, shit, I didn't get the, ch- like the, I didn't get like the milk chocolate, but I definitely am getting a little bit of dark chocolate in the back of my mouth now that you mentioned. Yeah. And it's yeah. just something I, like, I didn't think about it because it just didn't hit me. I mean, that other things that kind of hit my palate prior to. So, but yeah, absolutely. But Hey, what a good, like if you're a Jameson drinker, mm. 
I mean, this is, this, I mean, I would say, and to me, right, but if you like Jameson, uh, I would say this is an immediate, re- not, you don't have to replace anything, but I, I would say, <laughs> and, and I'm not comparing, but if you like the flavor profiles and, and you like a whiskey, I would say this is a Jameson thing. I wouldn't go, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I, and I could, I get a little single malt scotch out of this thing and some notes, man. I can't lie. I mean, there's some smoke coming out of this thing that I'm, yep. I'm tasting and eating. And and I know Jameson's not a single malt, but Jameson's kind of its own little thing. And yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I'm getting some single malt stuff out of this thing. Is that is that intent in like? No, it wasn't intentional. We are doing a single malt. Also, I forgot to mention that. Oh, Dan, man. I feel bad for you. Dan's just sitting there. I should have. I should, if I'd have known Dan, I'd have had one taken this, up there. This is guy. typical of Cal. Typical. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. I'm gonna have yeah. to get you some. Uh, listen, uh, you play baseball. We're baseball buddies, Menson State. Hold on. Let, let, By the way, let, did you play for Elliot or did you? Play no, I didn't. For, uh, I didn't. I didn't play there. He he loves to say that. I didn't play there. No, he loves to say that. No, I yeah. I did go to school there. Though. Yeah, yeah. He so did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Huh? Coach Esposito was the coach. I was a walk-on. I mean, I didn't. I I, I didn't play very. I, I very. I pitched. I threw a lot of batting. I threw a lot of strikes. So I threw there a lot of batting go. practice. There so you go. There you I go. saw a lot of balls get hit really hard at me behind an L screen. <laughs> but you know, uh, Coach Esposito, God rest his soul, was our coach, and, and cool. he was. Uh, it was like playing for your grandfather. He was a great man. That's awesome. And, so, uh, so better yet, Dan got a scholarship. To play ball at NC State, no, but he didn't play. But he has to say that he played there. Kind uh, of he thing, he, so. he does this all the time. He does this. All. <laughs> I went to school there. <laughs> does your does your, what, what's the what's it look like on the wall? Does it say NC State? It does. Uh, it does. State. It does. <laughs> all right. Listen, I'm all. way more proud of my chemical engineering degree than I am of my medical degree. From there you Duke. go. <laughs> the chemical engineering degree was a lot harder to get than the medical. Look, I love Duke, and I got married in the Duke Chapel, and it's a great medical school. But I will say that four years of chemical engineering was a lot harder than four years of medical school. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, I, I know I'm, I'm back to bourbon now. I've had like three of these <laughs> and, and, yeah. or, or whiskey, sorry. And not to cut anybody off. But I mean, this is, I mean, this is really good, man. I mean, this would make, uh, I mean, it hold really hold up really good in a cocktail. What are we at? Like 50 and a half or so? Uh, uh 45 and uh, 90, 90 proof. Yeah. Yeah, 90 proof. We did 90 because it cuts out the flocculation, which sounds like a dirty word, but it's not. So not if, you, um, if you go under 86 proof, you run the risk of a flock, you know, flocking out, which the, the flocculation is when the oil droplets from the barrel become visible in the bottle. And it looks like there's dirt in the bottle. It's not dirt. It's, it's oil. It's an aesthetic thing. It doesn't affect the taste at all. When you get above 86, you don't risk flocculation. 88 is probably okay. We went 90 just to kind of clear it all together. So that's the reason we chose 90. It didn't really have anything to do with the flavor profile. We chose it because aesthetically it it eliminates the risk of flock altogether. Okay, cool. Interesting. And if you don't have a building that's the size of a city block to filter your products, you got to worry about that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, so, uh, let's see, Dan, do you have let's any talk th- about the still? Oh, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about the still. Yeah. Yeah. Hammett. Yeah. Go at it. So we have a Kota. It's K O T H E. It's a German company. It's a, it's a Kota still. It's, um, it's a pot still 5,000 liter pot still with two, uh, six plate columns. So the, 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 basically the still itself is one column is one plate. 
And then we have two six-plate columns, so that makes 13 total. And then we added another four-plate column. There you go, the Willet bottle. I love it. <laughs> so um, we added another four-plate column to get 17. So that allows us to make the vodka. Oh, yeah? So vodka, you got to get it way up there in proof. And we can get up to about 194 proof with our, with our 17 plates. Wow. We also added a gin basket. So now we can turn around and infuse our gin so we can take the vodka or whatever other base spirit we want to make and we can infuse it and make gin. Mm -hmm. So basically we have a very utilitarian still. So the way I describe it to people is we bought a Ferrari and then we souped it up. Oh, so wow. we have a souped up Ferrari of a still. It's very unique still <clears throat> because we can make all five products on the same piece of equipment. Hmm. We don't have to change equipment. We and you how we configured the still. Did, it, was it new or did you buy a vintage one? No, we bought it from our, we brought it from Asheville, from Asheville Distilling Company. It was the first of these type of stills when it was bought by Asheville Distilling Company in 2012. Yeah. So Charlie and Troy brought it to, to Asheville in 2012. We bought it. They're our partners. We bought it from them yeah, sure. um, and brought it to Birmingham uh, two years ago. So, um, it's a great piece of equipment, it, 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 and we, we obviously modified a great piece of equipment, but we, we souped it up. It's a, it's an incredible, we haven't named her yet. We keep trying to think of a name for her, but we haven't quite come up with a good name yet. Hmm. Uh, well, you got plenty. I mean, there's... My favorite name is Michelle. I keep wanting to call her Michelle, but... It's good. Is that your, is that your wife's name? No, it's my wife's middle name, and I, I lost the battle in naming my daughter, so her middle name is Michelle. <laughs> wanted michelle and i lost so i may have to name right. michelle hey well that's a, maybe that's a good poll so uh, i did take a look at your guys uh, instagram page and we'll get to that in a minute so you can plug yourselves but yeah. i mean maybe maybe uh that's a fan worthy thing uh you got yeah. a lot of followers yep. a lot of people yep. are uh, looking at you yep maybe the fans name it yep or your followers that would be great i would love that that's a great yeah. idea yeah that's a terrific idea look run, run, a little, run a little contest yeah i can make t-shirts you know, you get uh, you get a bottle, and and you know, and depending on what they like, if you got something coming out, and you're going to do because uh, like th this is not a short term thing. I can see, and uh, you know, I've, I've talked with uh, your college roommate, and like this is this was your dream. I mean, I don't dream maybe a bad one, but I mean, this is where you like I'm retiring, and I'm going to make fucking whiskey. And yeah, booze, so, you know, so I can tell you that until COVID is over, I'm not retiring from anything. There, there's no, <laughs> you haven't met my wife yet, but there's no chance that I'm retiring anytime soon. You yeah. don't so, understand what I mean if you saw the credit card bills. But, so, am, oh, so what you're saying yeah. is Amazon, you've, you've got your own Amazon fleet. Yeah, I do. I have, there's a parking pad in front of my house that has a spot that's labeled <laughs> for Amazon. I have a daughter, I have a redheaded daughter too. So, I mean, it's, it's, between my daughter and my wife, the Amazon people, it's a daily event, maybe yeah. twice a day, some days. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm 52, and I, I actually love my real job. I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I get to do amazing things, and I'm, cool. I'm actually the team doctor for the WWE, oh. which is uh, another oh, fun thing that I get to do. So I, I work with the WWE, which is a really cool thing. Um, and, uh, and, and this is a project that I just thought, you know, having lived in multiple places, I've lived in a bunch of places Birmingham needed something like this. This is really good for the city, and it's a really cool thing. I, what I said all along is I'm not going to do this if we can't be in the conversation with some of the stuff that I like to drink. This can't be just a novelty. 
this has to be good enough that I could I could feel good about saying we did this. Birmingham yep. did this. Yeah. And if it's not that, just having a novelty of having a distillery was not the idea. I wanted to be good enough that we can be proud of this. If I go to a restaurant in California and it's on the menu, I can be proud that our stuff is on the menu. So No, it's like, hey, I'll buy I'll buy the round and I'll take my liquor yeah. and uh, set us set us up. So I wasn't about to do it if we couldn't do that. Say, Cal, that's really that's, that's like that Wolfpack pride right there, Cal. That's what it that is. is right there. You see, you wouldn't know nothing you, about you, this, Cal. How do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> no, that's really cool because you see a lot of that novelty kind of stuff where you'll see somebody starts. I mean, the facility's got to be amazing. Look, we're looking at you guys here on this, and Cal and I are drooling, wanting to get there and, and, and check it out because those places are amazing. But like to you, what to your point though, if you don't put the craft into it and make something that's going to be sustainable and that's going to stand <laughs> out, what's the point? because it will fade you know so and that's where that's where brian i mean brian and i have become like brothers over the last couple of years it's not easy what we're doing you know especially during covid and and the pivot that we made to make sanitizer we gave it away to the homeless we gave it to medical clinics we gave it to hospitals and you know we're not we're, we're not obviously we're running a business but th- these are times that are tough for everybody and and we're in downtown Birmingham, so we, we felt like we needed to be good citizens first. Brian pivoted that deal on a dime and, and turned us into sanitizer makers in a matter of minutes. Very cool. And, and just speaks to the professionalism of what we're doing. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I can't thank him enough. He, he's done a great job running this thing. I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> got it. You got it. Nine one four. Oh Zero. boy! No, don't do that. Don't do that. You'll get way too many calls. Six seven eight nine seven eight. Hey, yeah. So, uh, well, uh, I, there's there's lots of stuff I want to go on with. Yeah. Uh, I'm well, not telling you where we're headed. Let me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that, that's so. Yeah. So two things. So I want you to close us out. And I want to know that where are you going? Mm-hmm. What am I getting my next bottle of bourbon? <laughs> At, the whiskey's great, fantastic, love it, and uh, we need to tell people where you can, where they can find you at, and where are we playing golf and when. Okay, so I'm going to let Brian talk to you about where we're going okay. and what we're doing, cool, and then we'll talk about. Uh, I'll, I'll make I'll make the offer for when we're doing the next and how I'm going to get it to you. So I'll let Brian tell you about where we're going because that's really his world. And he should take credit for it. So we've got several things coming along the way. So right now we're just in Alabama. Um, we're fixing to launch into the Atlanta market, Atlanta, Georgia market. And Tell where we are in Alabama. Also into um, Mississippi, but Cody kind of put a damper on things right now. We're in right at now 100 of the Alabama ABC Control Board stores. Um, we've increased it from about 55 to right at 100. We're in about 75 private package stores spread across the state. Uh, four of those are pretty big major chain companies. They're Alabama born and bred companies, but like one of them has nine package stores. So right off the bat, we ended up in all nine of theirs. And we're in about 100 on-premise accounts right now. And that's private. I mean, that's private clubs, that's country clubs, that's restaurants, that's bars. You know, those type of establishments we call on-premise. Um, we're launching with a, a program with Republic National Distribution Company called LiveDip. 
its online distribution. So this online distributor. Yep. They're in six states. So as soon as FedEx gets off their ass and gives me the documents that I need, um, which I talked to them today for the about fifth time. He works for FedEx, by the way. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll uh, be. Hey, that, that, that's only a rumor. Only a rumor. <laughs> we'll be in Florida uh, online for, for sale all across the state of Florida for any private package store to a restaurant to a home consumer can order from Lifted. They'll deliver it right to their house. Very cool. We'll also be hitting the state of New York in 60 days. Wow. California, probably another 35 to 40. Wow. Um, Missouri, Illinois, and the state of Colorado. Wisconsin. No, excuse me, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin not Missouri. And, state and, and is, that, is that e-commerce business? That's e-com? All, those six states are e-commerce. Yeah. Anybody be able to order it. We're well, yeah, you, you can also order weed on the, in all of those states, which uh, I'm like, shit, why don't I live there? <laughs> Gosh, here we we're, go. We're also launching, uh, hopefully, we're, I guess we're in negotiations with uh, Walmart in the state of Arkansas. Oh, nice. Uh, we're still in negotiations with the Atlanta market, um, with the state of Mississippi, and with also the Tampa market in the state of Florida. So that could be boots on the ground in Tampa. Wow. Those three are with United Johnson Brothers or United or Johnson Brothers of Florida. No, both of them. Yep, for sure. So we're uh, we're hard charging. Of course, we this week we're in Costco in the state of Alabama as well. So wow. We landed the state state stores for Costco. So hopefully that will spread into Mississippi with the one they're building, Mississippi Plus. Hopefully, when we hit the Tennessee market in Nashville or Chattanooga, we can go into it in Tennessee as well. So you may get it. You may uh, have a problem on your hands soon. Be a good kind of problem. It's called inventory, and we don't have any more, right? Good kind of problem. We'll yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, nice work. Yeah, that's so I'll great. say right now we're functioning at about a five percent capacity. You know, we started the first year knowing we, we would need to get to a bigger capacity. We were five some somewhere between five and ten percent. We have lots of capacity to make more. And that was intentional. So the, this still we bought way too much equipment, understanding that we needed to build it and grow it. So the, that was intentional from the get-go. Um now, as far as what we're going to do for you guys, I will tell you that every product we have and every I'll commit that every new product we put out, including the ones we already have, I'll make sure that each of you get a bottle. All right. And uh, and, and some swag. We got to get you guys some swag. So just send shirts because my gut's too big, but it's whiskey <laughs> for winners. Okay. Nice. I, I did see the shirt. I saw the shirt earlier. Yeah, it looks awesome. Whiskey well, for winners. Well, we'll wear it on our show. We will. We'll drink it on our show. We we'll will. share it with our friends, so you don't have to worry about distributing to everybody else. We'll do it. But uh, <laughs> any, anything you're going to send to Dan, uh, I don't know if you heard, but Dan got promoted to intern today. So, Dan got a promotion. Dan got a promotion. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and it's it is fantastic. Cal's still a janitor. And hey, there ain't nothing wrong with picking up other people's shit. You can right. make a lot of it's, it. It's called Ricky Fowler and the Waste Management Tournament, and it is money. Nice. <laughs> I always got to spend money into it. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. So, hey guys. So we're uh, we're we're running. We're not running long. I mean, I could sit down here. And we're at a vir- we're at virtual bars now. I mean, shockingly enough. Um, but we don't want to kill. Uh, we don't want to kill anything. And I, I think it's been fantastic having you guys on. Yeah. And, and uh, we're never saying no. Yeah. We want. Uh, I, you have my address, Jeff. If you don't, Brian, I definitely have your number. Thank you very. Thank you very much. Uh, we will uh, we will get it to you. I'll be in Atlanta again. My sister lives in Buckhead, so I'll be over there. Uh, my son's going back to UGA in a couple of weeks, so I'll be bringing you some stuff. So cool. when I'm coming through Atlanta on August, I'll be there August 1st coming through with him. Uh, I'll bring you a box of some stuff. And uh, Dan, yeah. send me an address, and I'll make sure it gets to you. Okay. No, Sounds no, good. no. You can just run Dan's stuff up with me. I'll make sure it gets to him. That's Hey, hey, no kidding, though. Uh, Brian, Jeff from Dread River Distillery, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, Dan, I I don't know what else to say, but we would like for you. We would like for you to tell people where to where they can catch up with the ad. Yeah, please. Do you want to drop your plug? Cheers. Um, Obviously, uh, we're happy to have anybody. We're we're at uh, www.dreadriver.com. Uh, our Instagram is at Dread River Co. And our Twitter and Facebook and all that is at Dread River Co. Um, we're, as we said, we're open uh, to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's somebody here basically Tuesday through Saturday. So if somebody walked in at lunchtime and wanted to come in and buy swag and bottles and stuff, the bottle shop is always open cool. when somebody's here. So we never, we never turn somebody away if they walk in and they want to buy the products. But in terms of the bar and the restaurant and the tastings and the tours, Thursday, Friday, Saturday right now, and I would recommend they use open table. That way we have a big space, but we're using open tables so we can distance everybody and be safe. All of our staff is wearing masks and gloves. We're, I'm in healthcare. I have to make sure we're following the rules. And yep. uh, so we're, we're doing everything we can to keep it safe and, uh, and keep Birmingham safe. So we look forward to everybody getting back to normal and, and getting back to it. But um, if anybody wants to come, they can email me. I'm Jeff at DreadRiver.com, and Brian is Brian at DreadRiver.com. If anybody wants to email us, we're more than happy to take emails, and uh, and we're really good at responding. So uh, we promise a response. Awesome. Hey, guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to following up with this chapter two and coming to see you guys in person. But mm-hmm. it, I, until then, until then, cheers. Yeah.